Welcome back to the morning show, Fan Run Radio. You've got Bob Baskerville here with John Reed. Um, we are excited for this next segment. We have a great guest today. Needs very little introduction, but I'm going to give you a very brief intro. Lifelong basketball coach. Um, stops have run the gamut from Davidson to George Mason to Alabama and Ohio State as an assistant, then returning to George Mason as a head coach. And then other head coaching stints at Providence College, Clemson, Texas, most recently Tennessee, obviously. He was named SEC Coach of the Year in 2018, also a Naismith National Coach of the Year from 2019, and just recently named a nominee for induction into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He's coached 31 NBA draft picks, 17 first-rounders, three of those 17 are from Tennessee. He's also a great human being, was recent re recently a recipient of the Dick Vitale Spirit Award, and he also stays active in our community here in Knoxville by supporting the Emerald Youth Foundation. He's a friend and someone who I respect a great deal. So appreciative that he was willing to join John and I on our first show today. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Richard Dale Barnes. Hey, Coach. Hey, Bob. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Or good to hear your voice. I miss you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, man, I know. Uh, it's been crazy with the holidays and everything, but uh, it's, it's really good to hear your voice, too. Uh, it's crazy that we're... We don't live too far away from each other, but things are hectic, and yeah. certainly for you. Um, hey, first off, congratulations on the win Saturday evening. Uh, I was at that game other than the shooting drought from three in the first half. Uh, that was as complete a win as I've seen for this team this season. Uh, I'd be interested to get your feelings on that. It felt like between rebounding margin, second-chance points, uh, pick and roll with Z Zakai and, and Jonas was was rolling um what were you most happy about in that game on saturday evening and then of course i know you too you also always are looking for things to improve on but what were you most happy about and what it, what else do you think was something that could be improved upon you know what believe it or not bob i was happy we kept shooting the ball because uh i do think you know i've had teams that uh in practice that you know, you just don't make shots. And when you don't make them in practice, you just don't think you're going to make them in games. And then you got teams that you see make them in practice and you know you're going to shoot it well. And, and I do think we have a good shooting team. But this year we've had times where we've missed shots. And, and, I'm, and we're talking quality shots. We're not talking, you know, forced thrown-up shots at the end of the clock. I'm talking about high-quality shots with guys that we know that can shoot. And they have to continue to take those shots, and we did that Saturday. There's been times this year where we stopped taking those shots, and because of that, it's put us deep into the clock. It's put us in a situation where our spacing gets so out of whack that you can't make anything good work from it, and you end up taking not high-quality shots. And, and I think this is a team that can score points if we keep our spacing, if we continue to do what we think each guy can do. We also thought Saturday that our post guys did a great job in ball screen defense, escorting the screen out to the level of the ball and getting in the coverage we wanted to be in. That's something that we really haven't been the most consistent with this year. We, we, we do a, a good job of sharing the ball. and uh, But defensively, our older guys, uh, and the one thing going back to the three-point shots, we're a team, and I told our, our guys, look, you guys have to take your shots, 
And if I'm, and that's where you got to count on the coaching staff and trust the coaching staff. If we're not making shots, and, and, and we all have a feel for it when we know what's going and when it's not. But yet, I always tell those guys, you can't make the next one if you don't shoot the next one. But yet, when we call a set, you've got to execute that set. That's where you've got to let us help you guys. Where we, 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 go, we have a thing we call sacks where we try to get seven a game where we can get a team where they can't score three times in a row. And we try to get, you know, really, really closer to, you know, three, four, a half. And it's, but we don't want to sack ourselves. But yet, when you're taking quality shots, you expect, you know, you're going to hit those at a high percentage. But if not, that's where every game we preach, if we play defense, if we rebound the ball, and we take care of the ball. And that means they're hitting, taking quality shots, we're going to find a way. We'll find a way to grind it out. And we, the Lord knows we've been in a lot of grind-out games. But uh, really, Saturday, the fact that we kept shooting it was a, was a big step for us. Because we haven't done that all year. Yeah, I think um, you, you talked about it, too, about some of the post-play. And I, I wanted to just um, pose a question about somebody who we've watched. The evolution of Jonas Adu is, has been something to see. Um, and, you know, great example was what we just saw on Saturday night, too. Uh, tangible progress. And, and, I mean, he was, frankly, dominant at some points. But... And I know how you feel about Jonas from the standpoint of you, you feel he could be even better. And we were talking about this earlier in the show today, and I know John will have a question for you here in a moment too. From the standpoint of playing against these elite bigs that Jonas got the chance to play against earlier in the season, whether it was Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, Armando Baycott, um, got another big one, frankly, coming on Wednesday in Tolu Smith. But how do you feel, based on your expectations, the development timeline tied to it, how do you feel about Jonas and his level of play as you enter the heart of this SEC competition? Well, we talked before the game the other day, and I actually brought up all those guys you mentioned, and and I, we pulled up their numbers. And I said, Jonas, I think you're every bit as good as these guys, but it's got to be consistency and and I mean, we love Jonas. Jonas is a very unselfish player. But yet, I tell guys, if you don't take shots, you, that's being selfish. If you don't fight to get your space on the floor so we can get you the ball, that's being selfish. Even though you don't think it's a big deal, you know. Um, but I think Jonas uh, is can get so much better. I was so proud of him Saturday because of the fact I thought he played physical. I thought he was really trying to get his space. Did a terrific job. I mean, seven five. He's playing against a seven five guy. You know, he actually shot the ball twice. And seven five player from uh, Ole Miss got his fingertip on it. I mean, that's it's hard to get a ball over a seven five guy. And uh, but Jonas, I thought really was locked in, focused, and in some ways played his best game he's played since he's been at Tennessee because of just the focus part of it. And uh, I made the comment after the game to the media that I have a hard time. Uh, complimenting players because I've seen over my lifetime where when if you don't players at where they are and I also see where I think they can be and so each guy's different some guys you know might need the positive reinforcement but through time when they have a good game if 
like my message to him would be today, Jonas. That's I, that's what I expect. That's what I. But I, now we got to get more. We got to take the next step. And uh, as opposed to saying, "Hey, you know," I mean, I told him the other night, "Yeah, you, you, you played great, but that'll be the extent of that." Now, what do we have to do to get better? Because he, he to go where he wants to go, and all of our guys, they have to get better because it's from the eyes of the coach. You see where you know they can get, and you're trying to get them there. Joined by Rick Barnes here on the morning show. We're talking about Jonas and the offense. And to me, you know, you're talking about the confidence to keep shooting. That, that's been very important. But also what I see when I watch, it seems like the spacing on the court is just so much better this year, and it's helped open things up for the guards and Jonas. Has there been a philosophical change to play just one big man and prioritize spacing, or is that just kind of how this roster has worked out with you know maybe having the perfect small ball four with Josiah Jordan James? Well, a lot of it has to do with Josiah, but yeah, you know we're we're gonna when Joe's when Joe's not in the game, we're gonna play the two big guys together, and and I think I think we'll do that. I mean, Josiah has been as consistent as any player we've had this year. Played a lot of minutes and. You worry about that, obviously, as, as time goes on. And but, but again, older guys, uh, like in practice today, if I wanted to go at them and say we're going to practice for two two hours a day, which we won't, but if I wanted to do that, they could take it and roll with it. But they don't need it. They don't need that. They just need to get right to the meat and potatoes of it. And let's get done. What, what's our game plan for Wednesday night? What do we need to do? Let's, let's go back, throw about the game Saturday. Where do we have to get better? get on with it now these young guys they need probably four hours of practice today but they can't take it they're physically mentally they, they can't do it and so there's that's the that's what you're trying to weave and work together with when you got an old we got older guys who've been in a lot of big battles and you got the younger guys who we know is our future and guys that we have confidence in and guys that we know we got to get them better and hopefully at some point in time between here and the end of the year but to answer your question about is it philosophical, we've, we've always wanted to score quick. We, we believe that, you know, we don't want to always play against a set defense. We can't. But with Josiah, you know, he, his, he, his ability to – his versatility, not just offensively but defensively, uh, like at the play at the end of the first half, we had a play on. They go to a little uh, somewhat of a tempo-type press where we were trying to get it in quick and go, but they, they subbed us. You know, to keep us from doing that. But then Joe looked at me, and I just said uh, the play was called for him to get the ball and pass it to Zakab. But I said to Joe, and he was lucky he's right in front of our bench, I said, you make the play. And so he didn't even hesitate. Once he got it, you know, he took the ball down the court and found uh, Jemiah Meshack. And that's something that we haven't been able to do in the past with our four, so-called four-man. But uh, with him out there, you can do things like that. Plus, he knows the offense so well. Like he can make interchangeable things with he and Santi, and he and uh, like uh, at the end of the game. I don't know if you remember. We go to what we call our basic motion, where all five guys are moving and cutting. And I saw Santi say to Joe, "Hey, next time you got to slip," and just like that, they they picked it up. And uh, that's what the older guys can do, and uh, the younger guys not so much yet. But uh, over time, hopefully they'll they'll get it. But uh, but again, like I said, we will play with a big lineup. If we and Vito um, Bay to play a little, a little bit more than he played the other night, and um, they went big at one point in time of the game. And 
we didn't match that because we felt like we had the advantage with Josiah on the perimeter with what he does. That's why we do. Uh, we didn't go match them the other night when they went big. Hey, Coach, a couple players I wanted to ask about. Um, we'll go from big to small, so to speak, and, and talk about Zakai for a second. And then I also want to have a question about Dalton Connect, too. But with Zakai, um, I think what we're seeing, as at least as fans, is what appears to be the Zakai we all got to see on the floor before that knee injury last season. Um, logging a lot of minutes, uh, but obviously his impact – uh, and his elevated play, um, the general energy for the team, it just feels different, and I mean that in the best way. Um, I'm curious how you feel that that changes the complexion of the team, how you feel about his minutes. And then also just um, I'll give you part two of that question. Dalton Connect, um, you know, he over the last five games we're seeing, you know, less shot attempts, less minutes. Um, is that – any remnant of the injury? Is that adapting to, you know, helping him to adapt to new defenses? Um, or is it just careful load management with him as you head into a really tough conference play? Well, going with Zakai first, uh, I mean, if it were up to Zakai, he would never come out of the game. And uh, we wanted to play the minutes he's playing right now. Not not so much that, that many, uh, but Every game is going to take on its own personality, and uh, we go into game thinking that we have somewhat of a substitution pattern we like to get to, but oftentimes we don't based on where the game is, how it's being played, and foul trouble, just different things that can come up where we have to make those in-game adjustments. And But uh, do we want him to play 36 minutes every night? We don't. Uh, that that we don't. And uh, But like I said, it erupted. The NBA is out there the entire time. And I do think he's getting back. Uh, he, I mean, the other night, you know, 10 assists, one turnover, and right. he just uh, – but it's what he does, his DNA on the defensive end, at, uh, along with he and Santi and Josiah and Jemai Meshack, those guys on the perimeter, just they just are really well connected with each other. But uh, Dalton, uh, this, is, this is a whole new experience for Dalton. He, uh, you know, you think about how he got off to just an incredible start. And everybody, everybody now, he's a big focus on their game plan. He came out of a program where they were a zone team. He's learning how to play man defense for the first time in his life. And uh, he's getting better. I thought Saturday he gave us a, a really great effort trying to do the things that you, you have to, Bob, you got to realize, John, that these, these guys, Jemai Meshack and Jonas, those guys have played a lot of minutes together defensively. And they know how to help each other. They know how to just kick out screens, things that just happen so spontaneously that, you know, if you don't see it around it every day, people just wouldn't understand it. But those guys are in it. There's times where you've got to have a defensive presence out there. But like I said, I, Dalton, uh, he, he's going to continue to get better. We need him to be aggressive when he gets the ball offensively. We need the same thing out of Justin, uh, I'm sorry, out of Jordan Ganey. We need the same thing with those guys. You know, we're looking for their offense, and, and we need them to bring it for us. And uh, But defensively, they're, they're both getting better every day with, with our schemes and what we're trying to do. This is a super talented team. They are experienced. 
They have some guys coming off the bench who could start for SEC programs. I know the cliche is that, you know, you're focused on one game at a time, but have there been any moments this year where you've been on the bench or at practice and thought that this team has a chance to do something really, really special at Tennessee? Well, I think we thought that before we played our first game. We think about that. You know, when you start the season, you're not sure with everything. I mean, obviously, you don't you don't know. You, you know, we start the season not positive where's the guy or when he would come back or what he could do. Then you have situations, you know, where Santi had to leave uh, with his, the death of his grandmother and, and you know, different things come up. But uh, there, there's no – I've said it every year that I've, I've been in a uh, coaching that – our goal is to get to, the, to to win a championship. We want to win our conference championship. We want to uh, get get to the NCAA tournament. We don't take that for granted. And to get there, you know, uh, if you're there, we it's proven today. If you can get there, people can catch you know that lightning in a bottle, and uh, you have a chance to play for the for the big trophy. And uh, so, with that said, our goal every year is to get there and have a chance to play on on Monday. That, that, that's our goal in this team. We, do we want that? There's no question, but we tell our team what we want. There's a bunch of teams that want it. And as we go through this conference this year, uh, our, like I really do think that our non-league schedule helped prepare us. Do we think that we gave a couple games away? Uh, we do. And uh, were we disappointed? We were disappointed. We, we truly felt that we should have won the tournament over in, in Hawaii and you know, we got beat and uh, then turned around the next day and played against Kansas, and they did a better job. They were uh, – I thought they did a better job with a quick turnaround than we did. And But uh, this group of guys, they, 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 do they want it all? They want it all. Coach, we've – we really appreciate all this time today, and we've talked a lot of basketball. But one thing I wanted to share with the audience that you and I know – um, and we've discussed it, is uh, you're a huge NASCAR fan. Um, yeah. Just very quickly, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, if you had a favorite driver, what's your favorite race to watch? Besides Daytona, we know Daytona's the, the, the granddaddy, but, um, I mean, you, you grew up loving this stuff. You came from that neck of the woods. Um, I'd love the audience to get to know a little bit about you besides the basketball. Well, you know, Bob, I, I would probably tell you that I'm partial to the – the tracks as a kid growing up like you know charlotte darlington and you know i grew up going to hickory speedway quite a bit but uh i like the fact they're going back to some of those old tracks and uh you know what uh, you know my two brothers they i mean i i, I promise you if, if we were playing for the national championship and there's a nascar race they're going to go to the nascar race instead of coming to watch their little brother play for a championship you know because we we grew up with with, with uh nascar and but uh I really, you know, back in the day, I, you know, my very first favorite driver ever, you probably remember, was Fireball Roberts, and I was at, I was actually at the, the race uh, that day in Charlotte, sixty-three, four, somewhere in there, where he had that tragic crash and passed away a couple weeks later. But Ned Jarrett was the one that pulled him out of the car, and you know, I got to know Ned, but also got to know Dale and uh, and Glenn. Glenn and I played softball together after I got out of college, and uh, been a big fan of that Jarrett family but uh then obviously I've loved um Dale Earnhardt and uh Earnhardt through there but today uh I guess if you ask me pin me down on one guy you know I'm, I, I like Bubba Wallace because Bubba you know loves Tennessee and uh 
The other guy I really like a lot is Martin Truax. And I don't know why because I don't know anything about him. I just think when he drove that 78 car, they did a great job with how they were able to you know, win some of the races they won. But uh, can you believe it's just right around the corner they're going to be starting again? I know, man. It's, yeah, less than, well, just about a month till, uh, till the big race. Yeah. Hey, very last thing, and you've been really uh, generous with your time, so thank you again. Uh, last question. This is really not that important, but i got to ask. Off the heels of COVID, we saw the game day night slash night dress code for coaches change uh, to that casual athleisure look, not the suits. Um, and I know you guys have done it. We still see most coaches going that way. Do you ever see yourself reverting back to that old school look with suits? Or are you guys – I'd be – Speaking candidly, I'd feel far more comfortable going the way you guys go now. Well, the best part about the way we go now is when we travel. I mean, it's so much easier to travel and, and with everything. And it's really uh, funny. I'll tell you a funny story. When I got to know Coach Knight at, when he uh, came to Texas Tech and we were around every game, he would come out and mess with my tie. And he said, before I'm coaching, I'm going to get you out of that coat and tie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he and Bob Huggins were the first two guys uh, that kind of got went away from that look, you know. Uh, but uh, I prefer what we're doing now, you know. I do. A lot of people tell me they like to see coaches in uh, back in suits. But you know what? I, we, that, the only time you wore a suit as a coach uh, in terms of the game was during the game. And, you know, you go back to the way back in the days of football, you, you know, you think about Woody Hayes and, those guys, Vince Lombardi, they wore coat ties back then, and I think Hank Schramm and uh, Paul Brown, all those guys. But uh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, if you ask me, first of all, if I told our coaches we're going back to suits, my assistant coach would do anything they could to talk me out of it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Um, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough for the time today. Uh, it's good hearing your voice, um, and. Wish you luck this week. We didn't even talk about that, but you guys got a tough week ahead. We know that, and it's not lost on me that you guys are going to be on the road for a couple of games. So thank you for spending time with John and I. Um, means a lot. Well, I appreciate you guys, and good luck with the new show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Rick Barnes, Tennessee basketball coach. I was hoping we'd get like a breakfast invite. The three of us could go and enjoy <laughs> yeah. some biscuits and gravy or something together. But uh, he's a little busy right now. A little bit, a little bit. That was, uh, yeah. And thanks for indulging me on the NASCAR thing. I know that means a lot to him. And like I said, it's good for people to hear a little more about stuff he likes besides the basketball. I do like the idea of uh, his favorite driver being Martin Truex. And he's like, I don't really know why. Yeah, <laughs> I just like him. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a good name. True X, yeah. It's sounds like a driver. No doubt. Sounds like a driver. <sighs> well, we gotta we gotta pick winners, man. National championship game. Yeah, yeah, we don't really have time for a timeout. We let Barnes talk and he was very gracious with his time. We appreciate him and Tennessee for allowing that to happen. Also a little subtle flex from you, you know, talking about being neighbors. Uh Point taken. Got it. We've up, we've upgraded we've upgraded the uh, the second chair here uh, as far as my shows go from a guy living out of his car to a guy that's uh, rubbing shoulders with uh, Rick Barnes. It was noted by the audience. Just wanted to point it out. Uh, it's nothing, man. But thank you. All in all, pretty good show so far. Day one, we had a lot to talk about though. So the uh, the 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 goal tomorrow, Sam, is to keep it moving, keep it going, wake up early, make it through. 
I'm a little fatigued today. I'm a little fatigued, but keep um, this train running. And, and there will be. We we said it earlier, and we mean it. There will be callers. We just knew there was going to be a lot today. Yeah. So we'll, you get, we'll, sorry, we had to bump a couple of the uh, the the fan run callers for Rick Barnes. So uh, maybe we'll replace Rick with uh, the usual suspects here on the station coming up in the next couple of days. But yeah, they uh, they got big boyed by Barnes. <laughs> got big boy by Barnes. Sam, you've already kind of said where you're going. Do you think Washington on the money line is your play? Yeah, that's going to be my play. I'm sticking to it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I said it before, but I do really like this Washington offense. uh, You know, and I love what Kalen DeBoer and them are doing. I think Penix is going to test this Michigan defense in ways that they haven't been tested so far this year. And, you know, I I think that this this Washington offense is lethal enough to be able to to put a hurting on on Michigan if they're not ready to come out of the gates. Uh, And I think their defense, too, is, is kind of underrated in terms of their physicality. Uh, it'll be a big stage here for J.J. McCarthy. I think he's going to definitely have to to be able to prove that he can pass the ball uh, to win this game. But I I like Washington in this one. Bob? I am – I think, boy, Sam broke it down great. I just – I want Washington to win. I I think, you know, I'm rooting for Penix, like we said earlier. I'm rooting for Kalen DeBoer. I think they're uh, an electric team to watch. Um, this will be their toughest test, I would think. Um, so we're going to learn a lot tonight. But, uh, you know, go Huskies. Very, very much behind Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy that we're getting a new champion. But I do enjoy the Michigan hasn't. Michigan only has, what, a share of a title since, like, the 60s or something like that, whatever the stat is. So I, I do enjoy that stat, that streak. So I would hate for that to come to an end tonight. Hope Washington can win, but either way, at least it's not Alabama or Georgia. So <laughs> I guess we could celebrate that. Or, or Dabo. Although I, I do need, uh, on the way out, can we get somebody uh, tomorrow maybe to fill us in on who gave Dabo a black eye? Because I, I saw oh, yeah. the Clemson game on Saturday. Looks like somebody beat his ass is what yeah. it looks like. I saw that too. I was wondering the same, man. We got we, we to gotta dig in on that one. Until someone comes out with the official story, I am just now in my mind making him – uh, the 2024 Bobby Petrino. That, that's my story now for Dabo. But uh, I'm happy to get a new champion, even if it's Jim Harbaugh. But maybe it's his last game and college football can lose one of its characters or whatever. Sam, good job by you today. Appreciate Bob, it. Bob, good job by you. Thank you. Good job Back booking the you. show. We'll see what type of uh, guest you line up for tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how you follow it up. But, Got someone uh, from Chick-fil-A tomorrow. It's going to be different, but uh, we'll we'll do our best. I got a couple bones to pick with them, actually. So I hope you can get <laughs> yeah. me somebody from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah, talk to them about how they handle the whole drive-through thing. That'll do it for us. Stay locked in. Jake Miller, Brett, Marcus coming up next from 10 to 12. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio.